Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with doctors, developers, and decision makers that are playing in the Australian health tech scene today. With me today is Dr. Louise Schaefer. She's an expert in health informatics and is passionate about transforming the health sector by leveraging technology to provide sustainable and better health care for everyone. Louise is the CEO of Heiser, Australia's digital health community. In this role, she brings together world-class clinicians, researchers, innovators, and organisations from across biomedical, health, and technology who are committed to the improvement of health outcomes enabled through innovative uses of technology and information. She has achieved ninja level status of all things digital health, <laughs> digital disruption of digital health of the health industry, and the future of healthcare. Louise has spoken at at least a gajillion conferences and events and is always engaging and energetic and a proud evangelist for the transformation of healthcare to improve health outcomes. Louise has a background as an occupational therapist, a PhD in technology acceptance among health professionals. She's a graduate of Stanford Executive Leadership Program, a certified health informatician and a Salzburg Global Seminar Fellow. And she's in front of me here, Louise. I almost called you Lisa. (laughs) I got all Look, of it I right and then I got your name wrong. Look, you just called me a ninja, so that's never <laughs> happened before. So you can call me whatever you like after that, Peter. <laughs> Dr. Ninja Louise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show today. Yeah, it's yeah, a pleasure. Th- thanks for coming in. We've, we're, we're, we're cramming it in between your very busy schedule, so I very much appreciate it all kind of uh, happening and coming here to record. Um, I, I'm, I'm really excited to... To, to to talk all things kind of digital health with you and and just well, it's my favourite thing to do. So I know we could. We, you're going to have to watch, watch the time, otherwise we'll sit here for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to listen to a three hour. You podcast. can come back. You can come back. Oh, yes. We can do we can do series two. But look, um, tell me what 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 role does Heiser play in the the, the health tech community? Uh, so we've been around for a long time. So twenty five years. And that's worth reflecting on because Heiser was founded in 1992. And I don't know how old you are, Peter, but if you were alive in 1992, oh, come on, very oh, young. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> wow, I like this interview so far. Yeah, well, look, it's good. We're joint friends. <laughs> um, but anyway, so like, if you think about the state of computer technology in 1992, sure. um, no one had computers at home. If you did, you were a complete dork, mm. and and we love them. But yeah, the, <laughs> like, you didn't have a computer at home. Not many um, computers were in industry. Um, the computers that you did see um, ran DOS-based type systems. So, you know, Windows, Microsoft Windows hadn't been invented. So back when the compu- that was the level of computer technology, um, a group of doctors and nurses got together and thought, you know what, I think there's something to this in healthcare. And they founded HISA, the Health Informatics Society of Australia, um, off the back of some great work that a group of nurse informaticians had done. Mm-hmm. So we've been around for a long time. So in terms of your actual question, our role has matured and become more sophisticated over that over those 25 years. So um, now what we do is we, we basically are, our tagline is Australia's digital health community. So people who work in this space or who are interested, um, people who have usually, they've, usually they've drunk the digital health Kool-Aid by the time <laughs> they find us. Um, and they're so excited to find out that they're not alone anymore and that there's a whole community. And so we're about bringing that tribe of digital health ecosystem together um, and giving them opportunities to connect, network, learn from each other and and share what they're doing. What, what does digital health even mean today, though? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Well, you'll have to get me back on your podcast. Here I am inviting myself <laughs> yeah, because yeah. soon we will be putting out a paper actually that describes what where we see digital health. Um, but um, 
Well, okay, so I'll, but I'll give you the heads up then um, of what that paper says. And effectively, and I talk about this a lot in the conference presentations that I give, so before we used to talk about health IT and we used to talk about e-health and still those terms are quite frequently used but we see and a lot of people use digital health to just as you know interchangeable with those phrases and including health informatics even though they're all quite different things I've, I've had people ask me do you cover digital health on talking health tech because you're about <laughs> health tech I'm like what? come on come oh on. my god okay, I have to review the paper and put health tech in there as well I thought Thank that it was sort of covered with health IT anyway but look what what but digital health is really something different and what what all those other things are about the application of technology in healthcare so systems that were designed um, for all sorts of uses and their application in healthcare, but also specific technologies and software that was developed specifically for healthcare, so EMRs, for example. Um, but digital health is a whole different ball game. And in 2019, where 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 Heiser's leading that conversation is that we're now talking about health in the digital age. So what does health need to do? How does health need to transform, mould, um, adapt to the fact that our health, our world is, is digital these days? Mm. And uh, that's... It's not easy for the healthcare system to conceptualise, let alone actually implement. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it, and it impacts everyone in the in the ecosystem, but also more broadly, uh, externally to it too. I, I get a lot of investors at the moment telling me that health tech is so hot right now. Yeah. Um, and they say it in a very nerdy way because that's that's what they do. Do you but ask them about their return on their investment? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty interesting too. That's that's a whole separate conversation about mm. about the expectations of investment in healthcare, isn't it? But um, look, I, I've I've asked this a few times, and everyone's got a different opinion on it. So the jury's out. But in your opinion, Louise, is healthcare broken in Australia? Um, well, it depends how you want to define it. So I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and say that, oh, healthcare's, our healthcare system is screwed because mm. it's not. We deliver really high-quality healthcare um, to lots of people and we're leading the world on so many measures in that regard. Mm. But generally, and, and you'll see like my Twitter profile says that I'm on a mission to fix healthcare. So like, it's not that it's broken, it's that it could be so much better. Yeah. Um, and in some aspects it is broken. Um, but the problem is not the fault of the hard working clinicians who are just busting their gut every day, saving lives, doing their best. But they're not just in a job that's really stressful. Um, they We don't give them the right systems, the right tools to do their job in the most effective and efficient way as possible, which actually creates more stress on clinicians. And so there's a lot of work to do to change that situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, big ticket themes in health IT. You see, you see all of it. Um, what's what's hot right now in 2019 when it comes to um, health IT? Um, yes. Well, look, this is a global thing as well. So um, I actually looked it up on my way here because I thought, oh, I know pl- a place where I can get figures from America, not in Australia. But you know, in in America, 4.2 billion US dollars. So what's that like? Six, seven yep. Australian billion dollars um, was invested in digital health in the first half of 2019. Just okay. the first half. Wow. Like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I was about to swear again. I think we can swear on this. Oh, we can? Yeah, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. There's no child warning. No, no. Yeah, no. I, sw- I quite often swear in my presentations. Yesterday I was at a hospital and I, and I said shit. And um, everyone like was like, oh. And I was like, oh, let's just roll with it, people. It's all okay. Um, <laughs> We've <laughs> gone rogue. It got them engaged. But anyway, so we're talking about a lot, a significant amount of money being invested globally, mm-hmm. um, and particularly in places like Silicon Valley, um, where that report particularly came from. 
from. Mm. And in that report as well, I read that there's um, since 2011 in the US, there's been 29.4 billion dollars invested. Like so, that's almost thirty billion dollars invested just wow. in in digital health um, since twenty eleven. So there's um, and the things that the individuals and the organisations are investing in, yeah. um, they're taking bets like all investment is. But in healthcare, it's a lot riskier as well because healthcare doesn't work like other industries. So in terms of where people might be investing their money, is not that's a different answer to what actually where that investment is necessarily needed mm-hmm. i'm giving you a long answer to your quite simple question mm-hmm. um but That's what th- podcasts are for. <laughs> <laughs> but look but the things that I, I know like what we're really um pursuing at the moment in healthcare is actually workforce so um so no matter how much money you invest as a you know, VC startup, mm-hmm. um, and no matter how great your technology is, um, you need a workforce that actually gets why we need to change the way we deliver healthcare and the opportunities that technology affords for us to do better. So, um, and that means that we have to change the business models of healthcare, um, and we need to be be able to be critical about how we actually look at technology and as be critical while we embrace it as well. Mm-hmm. And there are th- those are things that are not taught in universities. Like I'm sure you've got a lot of young doctors and nurses listening to your podcast and a lot of them um, talk to me as well. And they're just, you know, they don't know a world before the internet. They weren't born before that. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really remember a world before social media. Mm-hmm. And then they graduate from medicine um, and get given a beeper and a pager. Like and, and yeah. here's a fax machine. Yeah. And it's this like strange technology. Like it's just crazy. So um so the thing but we um we can't just put new devices in front of clinicians and go, Woohoo, look, here's some evidence it'll work and it'll make things better and expect for them to be able to embrace it because the systems aren't designed that way. So a lot of the things that we're seeing that's really hot right now is actually investing in upskilling your workforce in digital health. So there's the specialists, so the health information and the specialists in digital health. Um, but the majority are the doctors, nurses, occupational therapists, physios, everyone else that actually is just interested in being the very best clinician they can be. And what do they need to know about digital health to be the very best clinician they can be in 2019? And we're seeing increasingly um, increasing amounts of momentum um, and dollars being spent on recognising that without that, um, no matter how much money you invest in technologies, they you won't be you've got to unlock that potential right. in your workforce to unlock the value of your investment yeah cool cool, cool. um so so moving on then so i've seen heiser doing a lot with adha the adha i actually don't know how to pronounce it we just usually say the agency the agency i like to joke that i think they should come with like ray-bans and yeah. like the pens like <laughs> they have in men in black it's just For the sure. agency yeah 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 so with the agency, I've seen um, Heiser doing a lot with the Australian Digital Health Agency. Um, how do you guys play together and, and, and what, what do you work on exactly? Yeah, yeah, I can give you a couple of examples. So, um, well, firstly, Heiser being a, for prof, um, a for-purpose non-profit member organisation, we're completely independent and our credibility is really important in the marketplace to retain. Um, however, that doesn't stop us um, pr- partnering with all sorts of organisations and the Digital Health Agency is one such organisation. So, um, um, a couple of things that we're working on them. Um, so, for instance, we run a network of clinicians who are interested in digital health, um, and we do that alongside the agency, which is really great. We have online forums, we run events, that sort of stuff, just to try and connect people who 
quite often feel that they're all alone in, yeah. in this digital health world um, and they're the only ones, you know, sometimes trying to make the change and realising that the future is different and they're trying to build that future. Um, and so another thing we're doing, which um, hasn't been released publicly, but here's another scoop for you, <laughs> but um, it's it's just that we're, we're just not ready to tell, um, go out with, uh, with um, widely, but it's not like it is top secret. So we're actually working um, with nurses and midwives throughout Australia to build a digital health capability framework for nurses. And the agency is sponsoring that work, which we're really appreciative of. Yeah, cool. um, and so the idea behind that project which we will launch next year at the we're bringing the, the the world's digital health nurses are coming and midwives sorry are coming to Australia they're coming to Brisbane next July for this international conference that we we won the rights to host so at that conference we are going to be launching this digital health capability framework um, and the idea for that is for individual nurses and midwives and their employers and hopefully educators as well um, to actually look at what does a nurse and a midwife need to know about digital health to be the very best nurse and midwife they can be in right. 2020? Right. Um, and so to then they can use that information to you and use that framework to help build out, you know, continuing professional development programs, how to upskill their workforce. Educators can use it to help plan out their curriculums. Um, and hopefully nurses and midwives will be able to use it to help direct their career. Because um, I know we're going to get more and more clinicians wanting to um, actually specialise in this. We're seeing that happen a lot. So yeah. there, there's a couple of examples that we work with the agency. I think that's a good focus point too. Generally in my dealings with nurses, midwives um, on a day-to-day, I find not that there's a um, – there's certainly like, – they want to get involved, want to learn new technology, but there's a need to learn it from a reliable, trustworthy source and need to upskill, need to know actually what I need to upskill in, exactly. if that makes sense. So, oh, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, because it's not taught at uni and the majority of hospitals, and this is why it can be challenging for the startup, you know, part of the ecosystem mm. to get a foothold of in healthcare. because it just works for such different industries. So, you know, like a, a healthcare a hospital will decide to get an EMR, good idea. Um, <laughs> you know, we should do Start that. There. <laughs> yeah, so we should do that. Um, but then, um, for, and they have, you know, clinical champions and all that sort of stuff that you need to do to make the make it work. Um, but for the majority of clinicians that are just busy being clinicians, they get told, okay, the hospital's bought XY system, um, you know, come to a training seminar on Friday and they sit in a big lecture theatre with a laptop in front of them looking at a big screen um, and because they have never had for the majority they've never had any digital health health informatics knowledge you know given to them in any stage um, then for the majority of this, this is the first time they're hearing this so what they're thinking is oh okay we've 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 bought a computer and that computer is now going to electronicize what I do so normally when in paper I do a then I do B then I do C so they're looking at the EMR or the whatever system they're being taught how to use um, and trying to work out oh well but hang on, hang on a minute well but that's too, it won't do ABC how come I have to do C first and then A followed by B that makes no sense and then so they um, and so uh, is, you know, is it any wonder that clinicians um, you know who don't um, who don't have that background in digital health and informatics actually then do workarounds in the system because they have that and they also aren't you know cognizant often about where why the data that they're collecting is going how it's going to be used by others and why it's important to get it correct so you see a lot of workarounds and that sort of stuff so which means that the um the systems don't work as well as they should workarounds become the new system oh, we love like post-it like, notes in healthcare <laughs> post-it notes on computers yes with your <laughs> password <laughs> 
Don't do that, don't people, do that. if you're don't. listening. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're using WhatsApp to share private patient information, maybe don't do that either. Um, <laughs> I saw you tweeted about that a couple of days ago. Actually. Yeah, well, just yesterday actually, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. um, I was giving an oration at a hospital um, as uh, as a kickoff to their research week at Frankston at Peninsula Health in Frankston, and uh, yeah, someone tweeted out that um, because the question was asked by someone in the room, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> so it started a bit of conversation on Twitter now with people giving other alternatives to yeah. WhatsApp that maybe a little more secure with patient data. <laughs> all right. So say we say we nail this and we, we get the whole... When, Peter? When? Uh, in the future. No, no. Let's no. Say, let's we say, don't have okay. to answer when, but I just say when we do, not if. Oh, oh, yes. oh yes. I thought you said... And I'm like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm asking you the I questions. wish anyone knew that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so when we nail this. Yes, that's right. Um, and we got the whole transformation of healthcare done. Um, what's the best case scenario? What does it look like? What happens? Oh, I love that. Oh, look, that, that you're going to get a different answer from a lot of people in that. But um, I guess what I see happening is that, um, you know, we can just go back to calling it health. Mm. <laughs> we don't need to worry about health IT or health yes. tech or digital health because, um, and again, you look too young to remember this, and I barely remember it myself. But, um, you know, when the internet started, there was these terms called e-commerce and e-business, and there'd be conferences and events those. and so oh, you do remember? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever face cream you're using, keep it on Peter. <laughs> I thought you might be too young to remember those days. Um, but anyway, they, um, you know, but the, how long did those terms last? Not long, yeah. a year or two? Yeah, because yeah. business just was like, hang on a minute, this is a good idea. Or even if it's not, everyone else is doing it, so now I sort of have to. Mm-hmm. So um, those terms rem- became completely redundant very quickly. And in healthcare, that's not yet the case. So that's the first thing. We can just go back to being that's how things are done in healthcare. It's the standard. Um, it is completely unethical um, how we actually manage healthcare information um, at the at present, which hasn't really changed in the last couple of hundred years since Florence Nightingale's time. Yeah. And, and she complained about the lack of information that she could use for comparative purposes and data to actually try and work out what, how to help her patients. And, you know, and that was that was a long time ago, yeah. um, almost 200 years ago. Wow. So, you know, so we haven't done things, um, things move slowly. Um, but where we will get to is that we will be able to finally get to where Florence asked us to get, where clinicians have access to real time amazing real-time information about the patients that they're treating um, and not just excel spreadsheets but live dashboards with helpful information that where they can actually have the best information to make the best decisions about their patient right in front of them and um, most importantly as well consumers us all of you listening out there in podcast land we can have access to our own healthcare information useful like the useful parts the useful parts not a reducted version of it or you know um, yeah like and not locked down in silos, whether that be in um, hospital systems, in GP systems, or even corporate systems. I know uh, Fitbit makes good use of my healthcare data, <laughs> I hope, <laughs> because they now own it. Mm-hmm. I have copies of it, but they, I'm freely giving it away to them as well. So, you know, um, having a, ha- if have breaking down the silos in healthcare are really important, and that's what success looks like. Mm-hmm. We can just get on to the business of delivering high-quality patient outcomes. So, so a place where a lot of people talk about the future of healthcare is at is at events, um, and so a lot of people don't go to to health tech events. They tell me because and not the Heiser ones, but, but oh, any other <laughs> other ones. But because um, and a consistent theme is th- there's a lot of the same thing every time, and a lot of talking and not a lot of doing. Um, uh, so, so at what point do we stop talking and start transforming health and actually 
make some of it kind of happen. Yeah. Look, I like to... I like to say that in our field we share common passions and no one would disagree with that, yeah. I think, but we also share common frustrations and that is that healthcare is a very slow industry to change. Mm. Um, I, I don't agree with the premise, at least at Heiser events, of course, <laughs> that <laughs> we actually put a hell of a lot of work yeah. into bringing um, you know, really relevant, up-to-date content from all around the world at our events. Um, and it's, sometimes it frustrates me, but you know, sometimes someone will come up and go, oh, have you heard of this guy like e-patient Dave or like you know genomics or like a topic or a person and I'm like oh my god like we did that four years ago I'm glad you're now getting onto the bandwagon (laughs) um so um but look it's a journey that we're on um events are really important um to be able to bring the community together absolutely and to share knowledge um and share what we're doing because what happens in healthcare um you know sort of against the premise of the question although I do understand why that people would say that but we're so busy in healthcare like go to a hospital ward walk up and down go to a gp clinic like people are incredibly busy doing the business of delivering healthcare and um and that's a challenging job to do so to take time out though um and come to events network with your peers share what you're working on share your frustrations share the questions that you have so that we can cook together collaborate and build a better future those things are really important. So, and and it is happening. But yeah, for I get why, especially people in more like the startup world who like see healthcare. I mean, look, I wasn't even from the startup world. I, had, I was an occupational therapy student. Mm. My very first year, which was in 1997, um, you know, you go out on prac and you go to all sorts of um, places, community care, um, primary care, you know, uh, tertiary care. And I kept seeing healthcare runs on bits of paper. <laughs> I just, I didn't know how dangerous it was at the time. I didn't have any frame of reference to know that. Now I know. Um, but at the time, I just thought, this is incredibly inefficient. Like, this is crazy. And I couldn't get I wanted to be a good student. I wanted to be that my, you know, my A grade average. And so I wanted to learn about the patients I was talking to and not waste their time asking them dumb questions and stuff like that. And I realized that I couldn't, like Florence, I couldn't find the information I needed in a form that I needed to actually make sure that I was making the best use of the, of the patient's time. And so I had all these questions. Um, if you asked me in 1997, hey Louise, in 22 years time, how, um, you know, um, where is healthcare going to be and that sort of stuff, my crystal ball then would have been completely wrong. I would have thought we would have changed this by now. I would have thought it would just be healthcare. The technological ch- challenges that um, that be um, that was pre- were present, um, you know, 20 years ago, they've all been resolved now and technology is moving at a rapid pace, especially with machine learning and artificial intelligence and you know, quantum computing and but we're not there yet so things do move at a slow pace um absolutely um but you anything worthwhile has to be done properly and you just have to be in there um my advice for for those of you whether you're the young occupational therapy student or you're the startup or you're the vc if you're expecting a quick turnaround in healthcare um it's got you know maybe rethink that um and make sure you're in it for the long haul because it's it is a complicated system to change Setting those expectations early, uh, uh, I think, is a very wise bit of advice. And uh, measuring twice and cut once, the old yeah. tradie analogy. But yeah. um, that's that's how we're kind of taking it. No, I agree. I agree. I, I, I have seen in the last you know, couple of years in particular that there is a bit of a transformation at these events, whether they're highs or whether they're anything else. I, I think there is a bit of a shift, but there's also that, that expectation. You know, a lot of... 
I mean, I'm I'm an impatient guy generally, so it's always like, okay, so what are we doing and, you know, outcomes. But I think we're starting to see some of that, so that's yeah. that's positive. Certainly this job has taught me patience, if nothing else, yeah, yeah, and because yeah. that's not a na- my natural state of being yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at all. <laughs> so you would have seen some pretty inspirational technologies and, and innovations coming out of Australia um, in your in your gig. What, what, what are some of those that you can share that you've, you've seen or that you're keeping an eye on? Um, well, firstly, of course, you've got fire. So, yeah. and I know you've had Graham Grieve yeah. on your program, and Graham Grieve uh, didn't um, actually. He did a, a lecture for me. Um, I teach uni university as well, um, uh, just a, a one course a year. But anyway, mm-hmm. and I asked Graham to give a lecture, and it was recorded, and it was so good. I turned yeah. it into a podcast, That's and it's still my most downloaded podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Graham is a legend, um, but the technology he's, he's developed, and I mean now it's a community. Mm-hmm. But you know, he really is a grandfather of that that has the well even I'd be so proud of that even if it wasn't an Australian invention and even if I didn't know Graham but the fact that I do and that Graham is just such a humble amazing guy um, and he's dedicated his life and he's building something just that's taking the world by storm or by fire I guess we should say <laughs> uh-huh. sure he never hears that yeah, one yeah that's um, you know that is really exciting um, and like one of the things when I realized how exciting fire was going to be and I'm not a standards person you know like I'm really pleased there are d- people with that detailed depth mm. Of knowledge that's not how my brain works I know enough that I need to know um, but I, I you know I wouldn't be joining HL7 anytime soon that's just not <laughs> how my brain works I'm better spent my energies elsewhere yeah. um, but I was really concerned um, a few years ago when Apple it, you know rumors started surfacing that Apple is going to get in healthcare because Apple as we all know whether you love them or not um, they love inventing their own technology and changing standards so Apple decides we don't need headphone jacks anymore and then yeah. like bloody hell we don't have head, my headphone no longer fits into my phone. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm sure that's frustrated all of you. Um, and, you know, now I have to spend hundreds of dollars on a Bluetooth set, that sort of stuff. So they can sort of do what they want. They have this power. And I think, are they the second largest company in the world now? I think so, yeah. So they have the ability to do whatever they want and the dollars to do it too. I was very excited. Um, what was that, 18 months ago? So I think it was, oh, yeah, probably because I think it's the start of January 2018. And it was announced that they were using Fire yeah. to build their stuff. And I was like, yes, oh, my God. So fabulous that Apple aren't going to create their own data silo because that is the last thing healthcare needs is another one of those. Um, but they're using fire as well. Like I was like, this is this is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, so that's really great. Um, and look, one, it's a small thing, but one of the things that I talk about a lot in my presentations as well, I like to give a shout out to the guys at ClinicCloud um, who invented the digital thermometer and digital thermostat, um, you know, like a stethoscope, sorry. And like those things are amazing. And they're still not available at JB Hi-Fi, I don't think. But you can get them at Best Buys in the US. Yeah. Um, you know, and they were a couple of doctors um, in Melbourne University thought this is ridiculous. <laughs> Why <laughs> the stethoscope hasn't changed. We think we can invent something, you know, new and digital. And, of course, if you go to their website, who are they selling that piece of medical-grade equipment to? Mums with babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so things like that um, are really exciting. And there's lots of other wonderful companies doing some really cool things mm. in Australia. I think when you can... Um, uh, apply technology to solve a problem not just because you can then usually you can build something that's absolutely that's, that's quite useful um look winding things out then like what what are some of the things that um we all might see coming out of Heiser in the uh the near future um 
Well, look, firstly, I will just give a plug for the couple of events we're running because if you haven't come to a Heiser event, podcasters, podcast listeners, um, if you haven't come before and you're not sure whether you should or not, in 2020, um, in 2020 next year in Brisbane, um, our HIC conference runs alongside the Nursing Informatics International Conference. As I said earlier, we're going to be bringing the world's digital health nurses to Australia. That's really exciting. So that will really increase the scope of what you'll hear and learn and with a, a much more of an international audience than we would normally get in Australia. So that's exciting. And then the following year, 2021, uh, we were on the rights to host a conference called MedInfo, um, which will probably be about 3,000 people. Again, the global health informatics leaders coming to Australia. So think now about what you want to put on that program, you know, like there'll be lots of opportunities to submit abstracts and that sort of stuff, as well as to come along and hear and learn and show off the things that you'll be working on as well. So I'm really excited about those things. It's, 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 um, and it's only a look. I'm the CEO of Heiser, um, so people might think that I, you know, I'm supposed to say nice things about digital health and health informatics. But it's actually because those things are so important. That's why I'm the CEO of Heiser. You nice. know, I really believe in this stuff. And um, so those events will bring together these international communities. So that's really exciting. Um, stay tuned to our digital health um, sort of. You know, We've got to come up with a better name because definition paper sounds terrible. But it'll be something like, you know, some sort of white paper, like really reconceptualising how we see digital health and using that paper as a conversation starter. So um, have a look at that. Um, and if you're probably a couple other things would be if you want to upskill in digital health, um, get certified in health informatics. Um, we have over 700 people now certified in health informatics. That program is just taking off. And there'll be some new things that I can't yet say that um, we will be coming out in terms of upskilling the workforce in 2020 so stay tuned to that excellent i'll have to have you on the podcast next year then to tell me all of those things when you when you can announce them um louise will have to wrap it up then we could have talked for hours but let's i let's think you have a board that. meeting and i have a yeah yeah you've, i actually you've, have a board interview in five minutes four minutes oh, oh wow, shit, four we better minutes. stop yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> look louise thank you much so much thank for your you time. so much for having me on the show have a great day everyone Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Go do some stuff on our socials and website, share it with some people, and give us a nice review and a five-star rating because it all helps to spread the word and get people talking. Until next time, I'm out of here.